Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame's Hall Call Podcast, presented by Priority Automotive Group. I am Will Driscoll, the Executive Director of the Hall of Fame, and it is my pleasure to bring Hall Call to you wherever you may be listening. On today's episode of Hall Call, we continue our look into the class of 2020. April 24th and 25th, here in Virginia Beach, we will celebrate the 49th induction class in the Hall's history. And today's guest spent over four decades covering sports in the South Side, the Valley, and Southwest Virginia regions. I am talking about Dennis Carter, a native of Danville, Virginia, and the former sports director for WSET, the ABC broadcast affiliate based out of Lynchburg, Virginia. I say former because last December he retired after 37 years at the station. In those 37 years, Dennis has received numerous industry accolades and been inducted into, by our count, three other Halls of Fame. We are thrilled that we will soon be able to refer to him as a Virginia Sports Hall of Famer. All right, Dennis, thank you for joining us today on the Hall Call Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time out. Hey, good to be with you, Will. Appreciate it. All right. Now, you got your start uh, actually in broadcasting in radio in Danville, uh, and you also wrote for the Danville Register. Did you have any idea at that point, almost four decades ago, that television broadcasting would be in your future? Absolutely not. Had no (laughs) clue whatsoever. Actually, my first job in radio was in the continuity department, which is a a fancy word for a copywriter. I I wrote uh, 30-second commercials for area businesses and at that point had no idea that, you know, I would be getting into TV and, and becoming a sports broadcaster for 37 years. So it, uh, it took a dramatic turn for me, but a good turn for me. Well, what eventually drew you into the broadcasting world? Like what was the pull? Uh, you know, while I worked at the radio station, I, I got the opportunity, even though my main job was a copywriter, I got the opportunity to do a little bit of sports on the side because at the time they they didn't have anyone doing a uh, drive time sports broadcast. So they they, uh, asked if I would have any interest in doing that. And I said, absolutely, because I've always been a sports fan, grew up, you know, watching sports, playing sports. So that was a natural fit for me. So I got a chance to start doing a a little three to four minute uh, sports cast on the radio that ran about 615, 620 every night. And I also got a chance to do some play by play for the area high school football team in Danville. And we also did some college basketball with Avery University in Danville. So I got my feet wet doing stuff like that. And after that, I think was kind of when it hit that, you know, this is something that I really enjoy doing. And, you know, maybe somewhere down the road, I might get an opportunity to do it. Well, that op- time and Go ahead, be sorry. a copywriter. Well, that, that opportunity quickly presented itself at WSET. How did that uh, position formulate and how did you make your way from Danville to WSET in Lynchburg? Well, it, it's kind of a, an interesting story because at the time, WSET did not have a bureau in Danville. Uh, WSET is located in Lynchburg, about an hour away from Danville. So what they would do if a, a big story happened in Danville, they would send a photographer down to Danville and hook up with like a, a news person at the radio station. And that uh, happened for a while. And uh, there was a time when they needed someone to do a sports story in Danville. So they uh, 
asked if, if I would have any interest in doing that. I said, absolutely. So they sent a photographer down from the television station in Lynchburg. And, and I remember the story. It was a story on Warren Martin, who was a, a big seven footer that played for North Carolina. Actually, before he played for North Carolina, he played for Tunstall High School outside of Danville. So I got to do a, a little feature story on Warren Martin. And uh, at the time, there was only one person in the sports department at WSET. They decided a few years later to expand the sports department, and they called me up and asked me if I wanted to move from Danville to Lynchburg and, and join and join the TV staff at WSET. And um, I didn't really have to think too long about it because I knew it was something that I wanted to do. But other than going to college, I'd never really gone away from home. So it was a big, uh, it was a big decision for me. It was a big jump, but I'm certainly glad I made the jump. I guess that audition, I put that in quotation marks, worked out pretty well for you then. I, I, you know, I think it went okay. I was scared to death. I remember, <laughs> I remember being real nervous and, you know, I, I can go back and look at that story and, uh, you know, I'm like a deer in headlights. It was, it was pretty bad, but, uh, you know, at least they, saw a little bit of something in there that hopefully they thought could translate to television. And boy, I sure am glad they did. Well, so you're at WSET for 37 years and mm-hmm. you know, give us some insight into covering sports in that region. Cause you have, you know, the South side region with Danville, you have Southwest Virginia out to Roanoke, and then you have the Valley. It's, it's a really vast region and probably a bit of a different setup uh, than say population centers like Richmond and even here in Hampton Roads. How were you able to? How were you able to cover everything? Uh, one, just cover everything, but also cover it fairly. You know, it's it's hard to cover everything. You in in local TV now. You you kind of do the best you can with what you've got, and unfortunately, you never have the resources that you would like to have. You you can always use another person to to go out and cover games and stuff. So you pretty much do the best you can, but I think it's been a a great region to work in just because you you get uh, to cover so many good teams within an hour and a half from where you are, you know, just here in Lynchburg, we, we have Liberty university, which is a, you know, right here in Lynchburg, uh, just an hour and change to the North. You've got UVA, an hour away, you've got VMI, about an hour and a half to an hour 45. Virginia Tech is there. Plus, you've got a lot of good small colleges in the area, uh, schools that play in the ODAC, and you've got some great high school sports. I think in this area, high school football is very, very big, and we've always had real good teams come out of this area as far as football and basketball, for that matter. So I, I think what kept me here so long was – just the fact that we had such good sports in the area. There's no reason for me to really want to leave because, you know, you got to cover some really great sports. Did you have opportunities to, to go to larger markets? You know, I, I think I had an opportunity or two along the way, but I never, never really pursued it that heavily because um, I'm from Danville originally and working in Lynchburg an hour away was was perfect for me. I met my wife actually at the television station in Lynchburg and her family lives here in Lynchburg. So it was just a, a real good place for me to work. Being so close to home, I could go home when I had some free time, which uh, in this business, you don't have a lot of free time, but you know, it wasn't that far away. And you know, my mom and dad and sisters uh, could could see me on television because I was so close and it was just a, a good uh, situation for me. 
you mentioned that even though the, the region is vast and it is you know difficult to cover everything, there are plenty of opportunities to cover sports. And the Central Virginia Sports Commission recently held an event in Lynchburg in honor and recognition of your 37 years. And there were representatives from the high schools, the colleges, and even the professional teams such as the Lynchburg Hillcats out there. What did it mean to you to see people from that side coming out this time to support you? Oh, it was great. You know, it was a night I'll never forget just because of the fact that I got to see so many people that, that I'd worked with over the past 37 years. And for them to come and, and want to be a part of that night for me was just really, really special. A lot of high schools in the area had groups of, of folks that uh, got together and, and represented the, the high schools in the area and, and the area colleges and as you said, the, the Lynchburg Hillcats and, and some other groups uh, just was real special and a night that, that I'll never forget. I had my wife there and my son and his fiance and some other folks uh, that have been really uh, kind to me through the years from, from WSET and former WSET employees. It was just a really, really special night for me. Now, sports and, and really broadcasting in general is, is about telling stories. And part of the story is the identity, whether it's the identity of an individual, a team, or or kind of a region. What would you say is the identity of the region of sports that you covered for so many years? You know, I, I think it's just uh, a lot of hardworking teams in this area that, you know, especially on the high school level, that, you know, may not get the um, attention, uh, statewide attention, but just some really good athletes that have come through the area and, and teams that maybe have been somewhat of an underdog kind of team, but uh, they, they just work really hard and they're able to, to put it together and, and make it happen when, when they need to down the stretch. So I, I think it's just a, a region that uh, maybe people don't know that much about, but uh, boy, we've had some really, really good athletes come out of, of Lynchburg, uh, the Danville area, which is uh, a little over an hour away from, from us here in Lynchburg, uh, just a, an area that really produces a lot of strong athletes that maybe you wouldn't, wouldn't expect from this part of the state. Cause you know, when a lot of people think about Virginia, uh, of course they, they think about the seven, five, seven, you know, the Hampton roads area, which has produced some great athletes, but but there are also a lot of really good athletes that have come from this part of the state. Well, you look just in your hometown, you have Johnny Newman, you have Marty yep. Miller, uh, and then you go up to Lynchburg and, you know, last year we inducted Reuben Brown and his brother Cornell has gone in prior. I mean, so, so there are, like you said, tons and tons of great athletes who, who have received that recognition. Give us uh, an athlete or two that you covered that could have been on par and for whatever reason didn't make it professionally or, and just never got to the level that, that they, uh, I guess in their professional careers that they had when you were covering them. Uh, you know, some of the folks from Danville, when you mentioned Danville, a guy in a uh, class behind me in high school, Kenny Lewis uh, was, was a really, really strong athlete out of GW. Uh, he was a running back. He, he did get to play some with the New York jets, had a son, Kenny Lewis jr., who played for Virginia Tech, was a really good running back. He was one of the, the better athletes. Also in that class, in his class at GW, Buddy Curry, who, who did have uh, a nice NFL career, uh, went to North Carolina, played his college football at, at the University of North Carolina, then went on to play for the Atlanta Falcons for 
gosh, eight, 10 years, something like that. He was uh, an all pro linebacker for the Falcons. And there, there've been a lot of really good uh, athletes to come out of Lynchburg. You mentioned the Brown brothers, uh, Reuben and Cornell. Uh, Reuben had a great career for the Buffalo bills as a, as an offensive lineman, Cornell, of course, most people know Cornell from Virginia tech, but also uh, played for the Baltimore Ravens, got a, a Super Bowl ring with the Ravens. Uh, Anthony Poindexter was one guy from our area here in Lynchburg who a lot of people remember him from the University of Virginia, just a, an incredible defensive back for the Cavaliers. Would have had, I think, a great NFL career, but it got cut short by injury. He, he did play uh, briefly in the NFL, but ran into some injury problems. He's He's a college coach now, but uh, he was one of the athletes from this area that really shined on the on the high school level. People used to say that he was uh, maybe the toughest hitter that they've seen on defense in this area to come out of this area, and he certainly proved that at UVA and I think would have had a great NFL career had, had injury not cut it short. I remember watching those UVA teams in the mid-'90s growing up in Hampton Roads, and Poindexter, you always knew where he was on the field. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think obviously his his the most iconic play is knocking out the ball knocking the ball away from Warwick Dunn as he's about to cross the goal line and UVA takes down Florida State for the first time ever. Uh, but covering yeah. sports for over 40 years, you're obviously bound to come across characters. Who was the most interesting person or the most interesting team that you covered? And this could be a one-time deal or it could be somebody over the course of, of time that you covered, but give us some insight into who, who some of the more interesting characters were. Uh, you know, one of the early interviews I did in my career was uh, one of the, the most fun I had uh, doing actually was Howard Cosell. When he came to Lynchburg and spoke to, I want to say the Lynchburg sports club, this was back uh when I first started in TV back in the uh, early to mid eighties, he made a trip to Lynchburg and I just remember talking to him and he was nothing in person like he was on TV because on TV, you remember Howard Cosell is, is kind of a combative guy, you know, tough questions, just a, a tough demeanor on TV. When you talk to him in person, he was the nicest guy, most polite and uh, just a entirely different person in person, as opposed to the guy that you saw on television. I really enjoyed talking to him and, you know, some of the, the big moments that, that I remember through my career, uh, national championship game for Virginia tech against Florida state after that, uh, unbeaten perfect season, regular season in 1999, they played Florida state in 2000 for the national championship down in new Orleans. That was a big thrill. If you remember, uh, Tech actually led that game after three quarters, and then the Seminoles uh, put it on them there in the fourth quarter and won the national championship. And most recently, University of Virginia, just this past year, that amazing run that they put together in the postseason to to win the national championship was pretty exciting. Uh, the game I re really remember the most was the, the game against Purdue in the Elite Eight when uh, they had to hit that uh, amazing shot at the end of regulation just to get into overtime and just the ride that Virginia had to, to win the national championship was uh, fun to be a part of. It really was. It was uh, one of the, the really neat highlights. You look back on your career and you say, well, you know, I remember that. I remember when Virginia won the national championship and, I've always been a real high school addict myself. I, I really love covering high school sports. Probably the 
favorite part of my job. So I remember a lot of the high school state championships in the area that, that I got to cover and just uh, being a part of, you know, the, the, the fun and the celebrations and stuff is, that's stuff that, that I'll never forget. You mentioned UVA's run last year, which was amazing just as a, as a general sports fan, but obviously it being here in Virginia and, and not only the run to the national title, but the, the difference that a year makes from the UMBC yeah. loss to the <laughs> national title. I, that's just something where you just say, that's why sports is great. You know, you can't yeah. script something like that. You can't write that in Hollywood. That's only going to play itself out on the court. Uh, but through all these stories, Unfortunately, there are probably some difficult ones. What was the most difficult story that you had to cover? Hmm, difficult stories. Um, uh, you know, I, I, when you first think about it, you think about stories that, uh, you know, that were fun, that you had a lot of fun with. And I think that was probably uh, one of the best parts of being a sports reporter is that most of the stories that, that you do get to do are, you know, fun and, uh, team celebrating championships and stuff. Uh, so those are the ones that you, that you kind of remember, um, as far as a dark story, um, boy, that's, that's a good question. Cause I, when I think about, uh, what I've been able to do over the, over the past 40 years or so, most of them have been really, really good stories. So, uh, I'd be hard pressed to come up with, uh, a, a bad memory right now, you know, probably losing, uh, losing some athletes, uh, at an early age. Um, maybe some, some athletes that have, have gone the wrong direction, gotten into trouble with the law and kind of had their, uh, careers derailed by something bad like that. But, uh, I guess I like to think of all the good memories. Well, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> that's definitely a good problem to have. Uh, but, you know, sports broadcasting, I, I did it for about five years. It's, um, it's a difficult industry. And over the course of four decades, you clearly saw so many changes. And a lot of television stations were kind of de-emphasizing, particularly local sports coverage, um, starting as ESPN and the Fox Sports and the national networks really started to gain traction. How were you able to keep local sports relevant uh, at your station and in your market? A lot of begging. <laughs> a lot of begging. That's what I should have done. <laughs> yeah, you know, saying, can I, can I have an extra 30 seconds tonight? This, this is a big story. I really need to have a little bit more time. And what's but, amazing, yeah. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but what's amazing is a lot of people don't realize how, how massive 30 seconds can be when it comes to a sports report. Oh yeah, because uh, I can always remember folks coming up to me and saying, "Well, can can you just uh, talk about this uh, story? Maybe a a bake sale that uh, the a local team is having." They say, "You know, you you don't have to give it, but you know, three four minutes." And I'm thinking, "That's my whole sports cast. What are you talking about?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, time is very valuable uh, as far as a local newscast. Sports now. When I when I uh, left and retired at the end of last year, I was getting two and a half minutes to talk about the entire world of sports at six o'clock, and I got a little bit more at eleven. I, I got three minutes, which uh, really in today's market is not bad because a lot of a lot of TV stations now are cut down to you know two minutes or so every night, and it's hard, especially when you go want to go out and cover as many high school games as, as we like to do and college games, it's hard to fit everything you want to into that two, two and a half minute range. So that, that was one of the big challenges. Maybe one of the toughest things about the job was 
trying to get everything you wanted to cover into that uh, minuscule amount of time. We, I can promise you that that's not unique to you. It happens at no, probably every station. <laughs> yeah, but but it, but it has, uh, you know, it really has uh, seemed to. Uh, the time has really cut down over the years, and you know, it's it's disappointing on our end because we we feel like we have good stories to tell, and you want to be able to go out and do uh, uh, feature stories on athletes. But when you when you cut down so much, it's hard to hard to find the time to do a lot of that stuff these days. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there, um, and you know, it's I've, local sports is such a big part of communities, particularly like the ones out in the South Side, Southwest Virginia, and even here. I mean, all across Virginia, you know, you go to a, a high school sporting event, and you the people who are there are the people that really want to be there, and you want to be sure that you're telling their story. Uh, but at that same event uh, that was hosted by the Sports Commission out in Lynchburg, you know, the thing that struck me uh, being in attendance was the fact that numerous people got up and spoke and shared stories of how at some point they had information that any journalist would want to be the first to report. However, they asked you and your peers, you know, to give them time to relay the informa- information to people that were close to them before it became public. Some of your peers did not honor those wishes, but you did. Why did you feel it was important in those circumstances to not break the story? I think it was the way I was brought up, to be honest with you. You know, when somebody comes to you and asks you if you can hold on to a story and just because the, the reason is, is so strong because, you know, one particular example was a coach who was leaving a particular school. He had his banquet with his team that night after the six o'clock news. And he came up to me, he asked me if I could hold the story because he had uh, accepted another job and he, he didn't want his team players to hear on the news before he had a chance to tell them in person that he was going to be leaving. And he asked me point blank, if I could not mention that at six o'clock and hold it till 11 o'clock. And I, I just thought it was such a big deal because, you know, I just pictured players sitting there watching a television and finding out that their coach was leaving from me and not from the coach himself. And I said, you know, I I didn't want that to happen. I I felt like it was his job and and his uh, right to be able to tell his players that he was going to be leaving and explain, you know, the reasoning for that. So I I just gave him my word and I wasn't going to back out you know, and do something that, that I felt would have been wrong. A big part of sports broadcasting and sports journalism is, is one, getting the story right, but two, doing it with respect. And in and, and hearing the people talk that night, uh, you clearly did that. You know, the media inductees in our Hall of Fame are some of the best to have ever covered sports, not just here in Virginia, but when you look through some of the names, it's throughout the country. What does it mean to now have your name associated with them? Uh, it's real special because I've had the opportunity to work with, with so many of the guys that, that are already, uh, in the hall of fame. Uh, I, I think about guys, uh, from our area, like Mike Stevens at, at WBBJ seven and David Teal, you know, an incredible sports writer and just, uh, uh, Doug Dowdy from, uh, Roanoke has worked with the Roanoke times now for more than 40 years. Uh, just some great guys that, that I've had the opportunity to work with through the years and to be able to, to be in the group with, 
some of the guys that, that I've looked up to and respected over the years is just an incredible honor for me. Well, Dennis, we're, we're happy that you're a part of the class of 2020. Uh, it's been a pleasure catching up with you today, and we look forward to seeing you, your friends, and your family here in Virginia Beach for induction weekend in April uh, here in Virginia Beach. So, Dennis, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Will. Can't wait for it. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Hall Call Podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Dennis Carter, for joining us today. You can help us celebrate Dennis and the rest of the class of 2020 as part of Induction Weekend, April 24th and 25th, right here in Virginia Beach. For event and ticket information, please visit our website, www.vasportshof.com. Induction Weekend and all Hall of Fame events are presented by Priority Automotive Group. As always, if you like what you heard, please follow, like, and subscribe to the Hall Call Podcast on SoundCloud and now Spotify. You can also find the most up-to-date and archived episodes of Hall Call on our website. Don't forget to follow us on social media for the latest episodes. Our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram handles are all at VA Sports HOF. I'd like to thank ESPN Radio 94.1 WVSPFM and our executive producer, Thomas Simmons, for their support. Once again, I am Will Driscoll. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Hall Call Podcast.